HeadGum Podcast. This is the Dumbbells the Personal Fitness Podcast where we have Eugene Cordero. And me, I'm Ryan Stanger. Have discussions and answer questions on all things health and fitness. This is solely based on our own working experience, a little bit of bro science. So please keep in mind we're not doctors, never claim to be. No, motherfuckers. Just a couple of dumbbells, never steps of fitness want to help you with yours. And the help can start right now. now. Right now. Yo. Let's welcome our guest to the weight room right off the gate. We get into it right away. We do, because we got to talk to him about a bunch of stuff. Some weed stuff, some workout stuff, some weird eating shit. Some soccer stuff. Some soccer stuff. Yeah, yeah. we'll get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, our dude, fucking Mr. Founder over here, our boss-ish. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Matt Besser, you are still kind of my boss. Really? Yeah, I hate man. The, I, I gotta say, you don't like I don't, that? don't like that intro. <laughs> okay, it's my. I get it. That's the intro I get. But you know, you don't like it. You don't. Like I didn't being... grow up dreaming of being a founder <laughs> of anything. Of anything? Did really? you? I don't know. The founder. Well, uh, your hero is Ray Kroc, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kroc was Ray obsessed Kroc with being a founder. founder. <laughs> I guess I, didn't you know what anything? <laughs> nah, nothing. Yeah, I guess I just go wander around in the woods and the desert. I guess the idea stuff. of find, being a founder. Yeah, I've never even thought about it. I think it's cool, but maybe it is that's- cool, but it's not how I identify myself. Like I think of myself as a comedian, comedian. and it sounds like you're, you might as well be saying the principal. Oh, uh, yeah. I get that. I get that. I get that now. I would not think that. It's I guess worse it, when I'm actually in a, at a comedy show and I'm like coming out to do stand up. Yeah. And I'm like, ugh. It do, and that's when I feel like the principal is coming out to read some of his poetry before we start the talent <laughs> contest. <laughs> I think because I'm, we're both part of the theater, it feels like. Yes. It's a, a suit, like the comedy side, like the fact that it. It's that theater is just like I, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. But I, under, I, get, I understand what I under, said. But I get it at stand up. It's got to be feel different. I understand both your sides. I'm more on Besser's side okay, than yours, fine. Eugene. Cool, Sorry, man. dude. Hey, listen. <laughs> I get Besser's side. I love I how it. it's a competition. I like that about this show. <laughs> yeah. We can turn anything right yeah. to a competition, well, just like my daughter does. She she'll win at dinner. Somehow. Oh, she competitive. <sighs> and, That's and cool. And my wife blames me, but I don't encourage it with her, or at least I don't think I do. And I don't think she sees me being competitive. I think that shit's just baked in. You think it's genetic? Yeah. I think it's baked in because, like, there's, you know, some kids, like some little kids you see that just have that juice and other kids that don't have that motor at all. But I also think that it's not a bad thing because that also shows that through her life so far, because she's still young, she's... She's like six or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that she's watched you, like, be competitive. Like, not like in with I don't anybody. Know but that she has though. Oh come on! It's, it has to be just even the way that you deal with things. Because I know that maybe that like, like knows that I am like driven. Quincy knows that I'm driven. So I feel like it's that same thing where he's just like, oh, pick up on a vibe. Yeah, this guy wa- when he wants something to happen, he's gonna make it happen. I, but I think there's enough. Like this is all anecdotal, but if you look at like athletes, they'll have kids that aren't that aren't competitive, that don't care about the sport, or like coaches that have sons or daughters that play that aren't into it. And you would think that if it was socially constructed like that, and you grow up and your dad or mom is some coach, that you would just 
the, if anybody could convince their kids to be competitive, it'd be them. But you just said it was genetic. So those, why isn't, why aren't no, they in the genes of those parents? Oh, I, I just, I don't know if it's genetic. I just meant more baked in. It's just like part of who you, like your mind, you know, like that, just who you are. Mm-hmm. But I guess I see what you're saying. Like genetic would be, yeah, yeah I, I, don't know. I don't know. But she's competitive even over dinner. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, where does she see me making? Yeah. And the funny thing is, is I will do that. <laughs> but I don't <laughs> think that she's ever seen it? it. I don't think I've done that with her. Like, Wait, how does she win dinner when she wins dinner? Like, what is it? What is she competitive about? I kind of said that one off the top of my head, but it'd be like, I finished first. Uh-huh. When uh-huh. we're like, slow down, there's no winner. Or, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Or I'll say my dog has a cute face and she wants to compete for who has the cutest face. Oh man! Turn it into a competition or something like that. My kids like he playing board games and stuff. He's real fucking competitive. Is he cheat? Will cheat? Yeah, or or try to. If you if you put him like to task on it, he'll 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 back down. Wait, Stone is what now? He's eight, eight, just about to turn nine. Yeah, but he will like he wants to win. Really wants to win. And it's almost not fun to play with him because <laughs> it's so yeah. intense. Is it just that age? I just remember being around 9 or 10 and wanting to cheat just to win. I didn't have it. You she, didn't have she's it? She's so funny how it's so obvious and you can see it in her face when she's <laughs> cheating. And she stacked the deck yesterday against me. What's the name of this fucking game? I don't know if it's a popular game. I think it's called... Uh, it's like Cards me, Against Humanity. It's like, four, it's like you get four in a row on this board game and uh, there's unicorns can become the space becomes anything it's like a wild card and a dragon card it means you can take away any space so they're cool cards to get and she and you draw four to start the game and she started the game with two unicorns and two dragons because she had stacked the deck oh. <laughs> <laughs> and those are the only wild cards in the whole deck yeah there's and only I, four in the whole deck yeah there's only two them. dragons and two oh unicorns oh my god and I go, oh, so you just happen to get the two dragons and the two unicorns. And the, the cheating face came over her face, yes. I'm like, I know you're lying. Are you going to get satisfaction from beating me with your stack deck? And I go, okay, let's play. Because well, I, I don't even think that's going to work out for you. That's where the competitive thing that she's seeing is, okay, then let's play. <laughs> she's in the middle of it. <laughs> the fact that you still know that you could beat her. I guess I was trying to teach her lesson, but maybe you're right. (laughs) Okay, well then let's play. Where has she seen this? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, were you competitive growing up when you were a kid? Did you play sports and stuff? Yeah, definitely. But I lost mostly, so I'm trying to think how that would... uh, Wait, where did you grow up and and what did you play sports-wise? Okay, so Arkansas, and if we're talking about... As a kid, we're starting at what dodgeball and kickball and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I was, I was, uh, I was above average. Probably wasn't best in the class, but I was at least skinny and fast. And you know, and were I you tall already? It. Were you tall? Yeah, I was Young. tall. Yeah. So I think I wasn't like the kid being picked last ever. I was never that kid, but I also wasn't the star athlete ever. And I wanted to be that guy. Were you athletic? Like, did you? What do you mean? I mean, at that if dodgeball time, I don't even know if you can gauge that yet. Yeah, I don't you? think you can. Uh, but by the time you could, when we're starting to play basketball, I'm playing pickup basketball. Yeah, like competitive after, sports. Well, this is after school. Okay. Before, before it's, this is before junior high, I guess. And that's when you start to realize, oh, 
I'm not like dodgeball. Everybody can be good. Kickball. Everybody can be good. Sure. Like, you start playing basketball. You're like, okay, some people are better. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then you're playing nerf. You know, you're playing uh, touch football. Then you're uh-huh. starting. To, then you're starting to gauge who yeah. the real athletes are. And right. Who can't hang. Yeah. And that's when I started getting picked last in basketball. I'd say in people who played basketball, I was not that great. And I'd say I was like mid, somewhere in the middle in like touch football kind of range. Okay. But uh, did that make you want to become a better basketball or football player? Or- yeah. I, well, it's funny because to think even for a second that I could become a football player is hilarious. And, <laughs> but in the South, you grew up. Those were the two sports. Yeah, football country. Yeah, football and uh, and basketball too. At that point, because Arkansas was good at it. At that point, uh, Sydney Moncrief era people just got into the Hall of Fame yesterday. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Sydney, my daughter Sydney. There's a connection, folks. Wow. wow. There you yeah. Go, yeah see. Anyway, th- we're talking the '70s here, but so basketball and football, and every boy just assumed you're going to play football. And my parents were just like, there is no way we're going to let you play football. And when it came time for football, uh, my parents said, and all my friends were going to play, they said, you're not playing. And I cried. And they said, and to make it up to me, they said, we will build you a basketball court in the backyard if you don't play football. And I said, okay, that's great. That basketball court never got built. (laughs) That was wow. it's a, it's a different time. I remember my parents wow. making some wild promises that yeah. I just believed because they were adults. Sure. I don't think you can get away with it now. You have to like deliver. But they could have afforded a, a, at least a rim up on the side of the house. Yeah, yeah come on. They don't oh, so put you didn't the have pavement a, down. You didn't have a hoop at the house? No. At all. Nothing. Nothing. It's complete. I had to go to the school for the hoop, the local elementary but uh now but, were, were you pretty lean at the time was that their concern were, or were, were they just kind of forward thinking and just thought it's a dangerous sport they don't want you to play or both well, i was definitely super skinny mm-hmm. i mean all kids are skinny but i guess i was even skinnier than skinny all right but i think i don't know were we concerned with concussions and shit like that i don't i can't remember that being the discussion but i know my mom thought it was a violent sport and i was just not gonna play so just more of the violence in the and the possibility of just getting hurt in general. And they're right. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Up being 100% right. I'd never let my kid Even play. Even if I could have played the kicker, which is maybe my body type could maybe be the kicker. Yeah. Those guys get tackled yeah. really fucking hard. And they get tackled the hardest because when you get they're, to them, they're, they, yeah, they, they're they just they one leg on. up in the air like a fucking dancer and, and just get creamed. And those guys <laughs> love creaming those guys. Yeah. Every linebacker oh, yeah. wants to cream a kick. And if you're the if you're a punter kicker, you're also tackling. It's so funny when the the, the returner gets oh, past man. everybody, but oh, that sad little yeah. kicker, <laughs> and he has to tackle him and doesn't know how to do it, and he gets hurt tackling the guy. Oh, and it's the hardest kind of tackle to make, like an open field tackle like so that. So a guy coming a hundred miles an hour at you, who's <laughs> so used to just getting out of your way. muscle, and all your yeah. muscles just in your right leg. God. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so, but to answer your question, I did. I wasn't so bad at basketball that I thought like I'll ne- like I thought I'll get better. So I did go and play and didn't give up on it, and uh-huh. I could hang. And when uh, junior high started, I was on the JV basketball team. Okay, but uh, I sucked. You know, I barely played. 
but I was I played. Yeah. So then you, you would have had that hoop at your house. You yeah, know, right? <laughs> you had at least brought a pickup game at the house. So then once you hit high school, were you playing any sports? Can I tell you about my one memory of oh, JV yeah. basketball was yes. in the locker room. I was so intimidated because everybody was so much more athletic and bigger than me. And uh, there was this uh, uh, black dude on the team who started making fun of me because he said I ate pussy. <laughs> At this point in my life, I haven't even kissed a girl. <laughs> okay? Right. It's a big leap for you. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a vagina. I've never been anywhere near it. Oh, my God. Um, and he, I just remember, had this vivid memory of being in the showers and him talking about how <laughs> white guys ate pussy and black guys didn't. <laughs> And him making fun of me, going, you eat that pussy, don't you? And me, like, all these things going through my head. What is eating pussy? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, What's the appropriate response to this? And should I be ashamed of this? Is oh this a gosh. true cultural difference? <laughs> should I, should I should own I up own to it? this yeah. and go, yeah, I eat that pussy? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, wait, what did you do? I can't remember. Oh, man. I can't remember. I'm sure I just went beat red and didn't say anything. Oh, my gosh. But it, it's so stuck with me. It's of a, being accused of having, of having sex in a weird way. It's yeah. like, I'm so far <laughs> from having, like I said, even kissing a girl. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, uh, that's zero to a thousand miles yeah. per hour. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that's such a crazy thing as like a, as a kid, especially playing sports. And at that age, it's literally like you're a boy and there's grown men yeah, around there's you. There's guys turning into men. Yeah. For sure. So you're just especially like, on that football team. Oh my God. So you have about six months to a year where you're just like, holy fucking shit, man. I got to catch up here because mm-hmm. I, you know. I'm still kind of playing with G.I. Joe's, but yeah. that is yeah. done. Holy shit. That's... And my mom sees that. She's like, uh-uh, I'm letting those big boys tackle my son. Yeah. No <laughs> way I'm letting those pussy eaters. <laughs> or non. Or non yeah. pussy eaters. Pussy non-eaters. Yeah. Corrupting my young boy. Jeez. Uh, so I... the first time that you saw or was in front of a vagina, were you thinking of that dude? <laughs> You're like, how oh, much man, is that state? If we want to go further with this, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he said, wow. Uh, yeah, in a negative sense, he goes, he was talking about it, it like it was a very negative thing. And he says, <laughs> it tastes like eating peanut butter. And I remember thinking to myself, I, I like, like peanut butter. <laughs> Oh, Why man. is that a bad thing? A lot yeah. of mixed messages. Yeah, that is some mixed messages. Yeah. Man, that's so funny. When I, just when I thought I had gotten out of all that stuff, you know, grow, like growing up, getting out of high school, and then going to college and playing sports, and like feeling like, okay, you know, I'm here. I'm a grown up. You're a grown up. Everybody's a grown up. Right. We're all in college playing college football. Yeah. And so, like, I'd be in the shower, and then I'd hear everybody start laughing. And I was like, oh, God, what is this? And then I'd look and, like, there would be a guy on the team, like, peeing on your leg. Ugh. It's like a fucking college thing. And, like, if you're, like, a like an underclassman, it's like, I'm not going to fucking no. Eastern Promise fight this guy in the shower. <laughs> you just had to, like, take it and be like, oh, all right, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I never yeah. Ex- 
experienced that kind of hazing. That is no. such more of a football thing. I went soccer. That's what saved me was okay. Yeah, so soccer we- was pretty much came to Arkansas when I was around twelve. I okay, think. so it wasn't even done at all, and then yeah. all of a sudden it became like this national trend one year. It did, yeah. So that was that like rec league soccer. Yeah, rec league started, and uh, so you're so junior only high ish, sixth grade. Yeah, how old? What grade are you in when you're like 11, 12? It's about, it's about sixth grade, sixth, seventh grade, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. Yeah, I guess they're in sixth grade. So it was a private league. So it was more the uh, middle class, upper middle class. Oh, right. So you had to be able to afford to send your kid to. It was a private thing. And I say that because then the public schools picked up on it a few years later by the time I entered high school. And, uh, but at first it was just, it was such a small amount of people in Arkansas who were doing it that I was one of the best soccer players in Arkansas. Yeah. And I, I knew it because I literally played, we played every city and we saw the, you know, it was all white kids. Um, and you were fast and tall. Yeah. And I was pretty good. I, I wasn't the, on my team. I was like, I'd say in the middle and I could start Yeah, and, and I played defense. I played fullback mostly. And, uh, but then when, but, but listeners, I'm telling you, not many people were playing it, so I'm not really bragging that much. (laughs) Uh, but I got to see it grow. And by the time I got to high school, you know, uh, every class was playing it. The YMCA had, it It wasn't just that, that private, the private league still existed, but it was everywhere. Yeah. It was once the YMCA has it and the public school. So then everybody was playing it, but it was basically kids, who weren't big enough to play football were playing soccer. Right. Yeah. I would say on my team in high school, there was only maybe two guys who could have hacked it on the football team, Mm -hmm. like athleticism wise. Um, And on that team, I still started. I was still good enough to start. Yeah. I started at fullback. Um, That private team I'm talking about at some point, that league was also getting bigger and uh, that team became split into two teams in Little Rock. Enough people started playing that it became two teams. And at that point when it split, I was either going to be the worst team and they wanted to have an A squad and a B squad. Sure. And, uh, and the coach came to me. He was like, you're either going to sit the bench on the A squad or you're going to be the best player on the B squad. And you're going to play fullback when you come in on the A squad and you can start at a center half back. Oh, wow. Which is the best position yeah. at the way we were playing it at this. And I was like, I want to start center half back and be the best. <laughs> so of that's course. what I did. Yeah. That's the kid. That's thing great. To, yeah. That's a good thing to do. Right. Yeah. So it, especially since. And the coach was like, now is eating pussy a good thing or a bad thing? And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, leave me alone. I don't, I good? I don't know. So ego-wise, I think that was a good call. Yeah. Looking back on it, since I was never going to become a great soccer player, like it's good to, that and also was playing you got sports to play. yeah. and my, my ego felt good about it. I think if you look at that, uh, what's his name? Gladwell, which everybody everybody's like turned on him now, I guess. Who's this? Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, for a while, when everybody was uh, citing that book, Outliers, 
which I think that, you know, that there is, there is something to it. He would say that like, look, it, you're better off. It's the right size. You want to be, a, uh, especially like when you're developing like a big fish in a little pond, um, because you know, for what it can do for your confidence and development sure. and all that kind of stuff. Whereas like, I think there was a little bit of a mindset before where it was like, no, start your kids early and put them in a, an environment with a lot of gravity so that they don't, you know, so that they have to push through, but you can kind of crush somebody if you do that. Well, I'll tell you, uh, maybe I have some advice on this, but like we put Sydney in soccer and it's all co-ed when you're like four and five years old. Okay. And she's good. She's an athlete. She's good. But as the, as we got into the age group where we had boys that were, uh, I think as old as eight, she was starting to get pushed around out there. Yeah. And the boys are just naturally uh, uh, bigger. They just are. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she started not to enjoy it. So now she thinks she doesn't like soccer. And I felt like mm, if it had been all just her age group and all girls, I think she would have d- not been pushed around. Yeah. She would have enjoyed it more. So it kind of bummed me out. Yeah, and she would have had a, a positive neuroassociation with soccer as yeah. opposed to just not liking the the circumstances. Yeah, she just that doesn't she like in. the boys pushing around. Yeah, yeah, she's playing baseball with that same age group, same boys, but you don't, you can't push someone around in baseball, right? So that doesn't. Yeah. So she's just as good as they are, and the aggressive part isn't being physical and aggressive isn't affecting yeah, her game right. or her enjoyment. Yeah. Would she jump back into soccer if there was a... I'm hoping she will. Yeah. Because I think she was naturally good at it. And that's a weird thing as a parent where you don't want to push too hard. Because I then you probably can... did because she knows I liked it and grew up doing it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's hard not to. But Especially when you recognize a little off. talent and stuff in them too, you know? Oh, yeah. She was clearly really good especially for her age is there a league now that's just um girls well that was only last year so no i don't think so yeah i think they have to get another get past like nine or whatever even baseball it's all co-ed now i think it's one more year until they start breaking them thanks a lot obama (laughs) 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 everything's fucking gender but there's two arguments there because i see both sides we had a a female on my soccer team who was fucking amazing amy winston and uh and she had a twin ann winston who went through the same thing i did and uh amy went to the good squad and ann went to my squad which was funny and they were twins isn't that interesting but uh, Amy having to play with guys, it made her really fucking great. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and she was she was uh, short for a woman or a guy, so to be able to compete, yeah, that way and still excel must have made her even better, right? Yeah, I think it's a fine line. I think you want just enough to have success so that you get a taste of that and you get the dopamine and all the, the positive stuff that comes with that. But at the same time, you also want the skill level to be high enough to where you're having to improve your game to keep up. It's like this kind of delicate yeah. balance between the two. Because ultimately, you'd, you're not going to learn anything from sitting on a bench. No. I know. And that's you why really I always, are not. Well, I always wonder about these guys in the NCAA basketball Football, I get it a little more, but basketball, who are really good, and it's like, you're going to be on the bench for the next two years. Wouldn't it be better just to stay till you're a senior Yeah, at the college and then go right in with the experience be able to play? 
because you're too small now. Like a lot of these tall guys don't have the muscle yet to play in the NBA, so they play development league or sit on the bench. Yeah, the NBA is wild. It's tough to understand what the uh, the system is, but it's like the younger the better for them, it seems, coming out. It seems to be the mindset, but I'm with you. I don't know if that's the right move. Football, I get it, because you could be injured catastrophically <laughs> and end your whole career. I get that. Yeah. It's like if, you, if money's on the table, I'm going to get it. Yes. But there aren't that – in basketball, it's not as catastrophic usually. Right. In football also, it's not as much of a indicator too because I, I remember you know, even just my experience, there'd be guys where we thought, wow, this guy's ready to play in the pros. And then uh, he'd have to go to college because you have to play a certain amount of time before they can take you. And then he'd just kind of disappear. you know. And whereas basketball, they'll find somebody when they're in eighth grade and they're usually – they're usually right or close to being right. I mean, even if the player's a little bit of a bust, they are. They do have a season or two in the NBA. Yeah, we had this dude, Moses Monk, in uh, in Arkansas, who was, I don't know when they started tracking him, but I bet it was eighth grade. Yeah. And it was, he was going to be the savior to Arkansas because it was like he was five-star all the way, all the way, all the way. Everyone who who pretty much anyone born in Arkansas that's good at basketball plays at Arkansas because it's a legit program. So we don't usually versus football where they might go to Alabama or somewhere if they're Mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, So we were all, we're going to get this guy. He's savior. We never have five stars. Fucking Kentucky Wildcats who get all the five stars got him Uh, in the the last month of getting recruits. Ah. And sure enough though, man, uh, he he played there, I think, just one year. Now he's in the NBA. But they started tracking him. Damn, that's really unbelievable. Young, crazy. But that's all. But that's all rel- relatively new that they're tracking him that young, though, right? Really? Yeah, yeah. That's not. That's like that was ever since like the Kobe time is when they started recruiting kids from high school into the NBA already. Yeah, well, I mean, because the NBA is new-ish, you yeah. know, as far as w- the way that we understand it now. Because yeah. what was like, was it like APA, ABA before? Like those two merged? Mm-hmm. And that's like 70s. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I remember at my high school, BJ Armstrong went to my high school. Uh, we, Butter Fuck. Jam. You ever hear that? Butter Jam. I did hear that. Yeah. Baby Jesus. Baby Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah. And we I, used to say, sorry, we used to say, because he was a bull. Yeah. So I grew up loving and him. And I loved the Chicago Bulls. And we used to say, are we going to get, are we going to get, what we, which BJ are we going to get tonight? Baby Jesus or Butter Jam? Did <laughs> <laughs> I cut you off? But he was, but he would come back to the high school and do like all those kind of like basketball assemblies and I yeah. would go. And you're just like, and, and he would play. And he would either be Baby Jesus or, or Butter Jam. Mm-hmm. And you'd watch him in the NBA with, like, Jordan and shit and just be like, oh, he's, he doesn't play that much and he's good, but, like, you're watching Pippen and Jordan. He started, dude. He Did he? He started on the Bulls. Did he really? Yeah. Oh. I he, thought he, he might, came he off might the have, bench. Uh, he might have when he first joined first them, joined, but yeah. when they were winning championships, oh, right, he was right. starting. But I remember him coming and being like, damn, this guy is insanely good. And he oh, is. Yeah. But, dude, he was. He was just on, he was. He was on a team. He was on, he was on the, the fucking team with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Yeah, try to shine when you're standing right next to players like Bill Cartwright. Yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Horace <Monster>. Grant. <laughs> but you know Michael Jordan's story. He didn't start 
I, th- I think it was junior high. He didn't star on the basketball team in junior high. Right. And he, he played called, baseball, he right? Called, well, I think he called out his coach. Like, yeah, you, you inspired like, me in right. the Hall of Fame induction. No, yeah. He was like, you inspired me. It's kind of, it was kind of a shitty speech. Like it he was. name-checked the guy. And I the love that speech. It's so <laughs> shitty. You got to watch it. Really? He calls out everyone who ever inspired him. In like a negative way. (laughs) Like you inspired me in a negative way. Like you said I couldn't do it. Oh. Isaiah Thomas (laughs) on the Pistons, you he was like his arch nemesis, basically. You inspired me. He apologized to his son for being so great, I'm pretty sure. And his son was in the audience. Two of them. Like he talks about how bad he feels for his son. Because he'll never measure up to how great he is. And his son's sitting out in the audience. Uh, I watched that live. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, this is the craziest speech I've ever heard. It's pretty disastrous. Wow. Everything, it, could, it couldn't have come up worse. I don't think he thought it was disastrous. No, I think no. he thought it went perfectly. <laughs> Fucking Jordan, man. Oh, man, I, I think love he it. also had some people there like, I told, oh, yeah, someone who was drafted ahead of him in the NBA. I forget what that guy's name is. And I think that's what Jordan said. You forget what that guy's name is. <laughs> and I have him here today. He like flew in someone. Like I flew oh my in. God. I forget yeah, who it was. Some, yeah, there was somebody that he brought, like invited specially Wait, to kind got, of humiliated. Who got was he drafted thir- before third him? Was he third Bernard? overall? Wait, what's if you said it, I would know it. I feel like God. it was at Houston. Uh, I love Jordan's stories. He's fucking oh, crazy, like staying up all night gambling and then could sh- would never miss workouts and do all the extra shit. Like he's shooting dice in fucking Barcelona and then... Well, talk about... Well, when you were saying earlier about sons not being as good or being genetic yeah. or baked in and just the fact that he's so competitive even when it comes to dice and stuff like that, it's just obvious some guys like that, they always have to be yeah. doing something yeah. to yeah. keep their mind busy. Always. Like I used to with, like I said, I do have that. Like when Danielle and I used to walk home from the theater in New York, I'd say, how many stretch limos will we see between now and our apartment? Like things like that. Right. Yeah. Just gamifying everything. How many many vomits (laughs) on the sidewalk will we see? (laughs) Just to to keep your mind just doing something. I like doing that. I like coming up with games. But like I said, I don't think I've done it with Sydney. But yeah, but you have to. Have. I don't know. I think some people just are a certain way. Yeah, I haven't like you know with your kid like having there's there's certain attributes that he has that it didn't matter what you guys did as parents he would be like that. Don't you agree with yeah. that? Yeah. But his lazy way of talking is totally my fault. Already. <laughs> his real laid back like I'm the biggest dog in this in this place. <laughs> That's from you? Fuck yeah. Wow. There's, there's some stuff. Yeah. yeah. Man, I don't do that, Dad. <laughs> what are you talking about? Why are you calling me man? <laughs> man, I don't do that stuff, Dad. That's funny. Um, crazy. Okay, so where do we leave you? We oh, left you. You're, you're in high school now. Soccer. You're playing soccer. Oh, no, you had just decided to take the halfback position and be the... B team star. B team star. So I was playing public school soccer while I was playing private. So I was doing both of them at the same time. Oh, okay. Okay. In public school, I was I was good for my team. Mm -hmm. For my my private team pretty much had all the best players in the whole city that I could afford to be on it. Sure. Basically. 
Yeah. So they were really good teams at that point. Shiny uniforms too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's basically on Saturdays I'm playing for the private team and I had the choice at that point to play for the suckier private team. And I did. And the better one went to state, went to the championship, the A squad, and they took me along to sit the bench for them. Oh, wow. So I went to state and we lost to Fayetteville, but I went to state. I remember my, my favorite memory of that was we, it was supposed to be a big deal that we're playing on the Arkansas Razorback football field. But football fields, I guess, if they're turf, have kind of a kind of a, a they're crowned. Oh, in the is center that what it's called for drainage? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, oh wow! Not good for a soccer no. ball. No. No. <laughs> so, uh, and none of us had any fucking idea till we showed up that day, and it severely affected the game. Wow! If you can imagine, any long ball would just start to go to the sidelines and go out of bounds. Yeah. And it was fucking crazy how much the ball was going out of bounds. Um, that was my only memory. Wow. That and losing. I didn't know that happened uh, on football fields. Yeah. They have, cause otherwise, you know, if there's grass, the water will drain. Swampy. Yeah. Like it normally does. If they, they'll, they'll crown it a little bit, but if it's, um, artificial turf, it's even more pronounced. Wow. Dude, they don't know. There's no fields like that anymore. Now they're much wiser. Uh, and fall down in shorts on an artificial field running as fast as you can. And, uh, and slide tackle someone. Oh, God. All right, so you'll get turf burn that won't heal for like a year. Yeah, it's not, it wasn't, it was an honor. It was cool. Like, we're playing with the Razorbacks. Yeah. I was like, this, this is sucks. the worst Fuck this. field ever. This sucks. <laughs> so, where, what position did you play on the public school team? I still played uh, fullback. Fullback. Yeah. Usually, right fullback is considered the, no, no, no. Wait a minute. Is it right or left? If you're left fullback, you're taking their... No, left fullback is the weaker position because you're taking their right... No, no, that's the stronger. So right fullback's taking their left fullback. Yeah, so right fullback's usually considered the weakest player on the team. It's kind of like the right field in baseball. Right. Because usually most people are right-footed. Right, so nobody's going to... the least amount of action. So the odds are their best players are either going to be in the middle are on the right, right forward. And, uh, so I played right fullback for that private team when I was on the good team, Mm -hmm. but for the public team, I was either center or left. I was a little better. And we also had something called a, uh, what was it fucking called? Stopper. Stopper. Stopper sweeper. Sweeper. Yeah. Yeah, I also played sweeper sometimes. Um, I did an auto goal at some point, which was terrible, which I had nightmares about for years. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to clear a ball out of the box and kicked in our own goal. Oh, man. That's That's the fullback's nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But uh, we were good. Our high school team was good. And you played all through senior year? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then... Was that the only sport that you were playing then through high school? Yes. There was no way I was good enough in high school to play football or basketball. It's laughable. Now, does the soccer team, since it was a relatively new sport, but everybody was starting to play it, was there, did you guys Have work a crowd? Out? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or have a crowd. What was your question? Did we work out? Yeah. Did you guys like use the gym that the football players used and stuff? If you mean literally work out, we never worked out. Yeah. Just uh, practice. Practice, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But build but our a, muscles? Yeah. No. No, never. No gym. No gym. That time. would have been kind of also kind of ridiculous. 
Like there's no, at that point, there's no <laughs> reason to have upper body strength in your soccer skills. I mean, maybe a little, but not enough to justify spending right practice time. And we would run. So yeah. You, so you're getting your leg yeah. muscles that sure. way. We do sprints and all that bullshit. Do you guys remember when you first started hearing about <clears throat> people that that were didn't it didn't necessarily make like one for one sense to lift upper body? We're training upper body, like you'd hear uh, uh, like an Olympic sprinter, and they would be like, you know, this guy can bench press 400 pounds, and you think like that guy bench presses? Like, why would he need to bench press? Oh, also, right. does he want that? to carry around that muscle when he's sprinting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just remember why I didn't understand, like where we just hadn't made the connection with like fast switch muscle fibers and force production and all that stuff. Like why would it even make sense? But I remember, I remember, I think I was like, do you remember that sprinter? I want to say his name was Michael Jordan. Michael Jack. Uh, uh, I know you're talking about Michael Johnson. Johnson. Michael, Michael Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. I'm I remember. afraid he's a Razorback, as a matter of fact. Is oh, he really? A lot of those guys are. Oh, really? Oh, a really good track. Good track. Yeah. Was fast. Yeah. He ran the 200 and the 400 and was unstoppable and yeah. wore gold shoes and all that. But I remember oh, right. he had like a real intense weight training program. And I just remember being kind of surprised by that, where I was like, oh, wow. I didn't think about how he this He had would- a steroid bus, too, though, didn't he? Yeah. Did he? I mean, I know at the time most people did. Ben Oh, Moses? Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. Oh, maybe that's why I'm saying Michael Johnson. Because I'm thinking Ben Johnson. No, but Michael, Johnson's, Michael right. Johnson's right. Ben Johnson won the, uh, was for, ran Canada. for Canada. Yeah. Wasn't that the same time period? Or didn't they so run this against was each earlier. other? This was earlier. Carl oh, yeah. Lewis. This was like Carl Lewis era. Okay. I and thought they were all the same time period. Then. Michael Johnson came a little bit later. Uh-huh. Uh, but Ben Johnson, yeah, ran, and it was like in the-, the Ben cr- Johnson looked thick as shit, though. Oh, yeah. And he ran a, uh, like a crazy hundred meters. Where, and like Carl Lewis- is like you could tell like he's blown away when he loses. Yeah, I've watched footage of it, and uh, Carlos looks like what you'd think a sprinter should look like. Yes, right. Really yeah. skinny, looks Rangy. like a cheetah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. But he was doing juice too. Was he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not sure I knew that. Yeah, they haven't. They never caught him on it, but oh. he was doing. He was the one that. There's like a great documentary on it. Maybe it's a thirty for thirty. And uh, they talk about how he started wearing braces. He was taking growth hormone and it spread his teeth out. A lot of those guys that do growth hormone get a gap in their teeth because it stimulates bone activity in your jaw. Fucking Letterman. Yeah. <laughs> that's why he's so funny. Dude, that's, why he's, that's why he's growing the beard now to cover up Le- that mouth. Letterman's on HGH. Performance enhancing drugs, <laughs> dude. PEDs. Uh, Fuck. So, so were, did your parent were your parents into fitness at all? Were they were you guys watching what you eat at home? Was that a consideration, or were we they were? Healthy? I always think through through the years. I'm like, my mom used to think this was healthy, or or she was on this kick for a while. Like, I can't think of any examples. But, but she like, was thinking about it, fat free stuff, and my mom was big time thinking about. That oh, that's all cool. The time. In the South, too. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, uh yeah. Like, like we didn't, they, they were, re- my dad was very skinny until he got old and, uh, my mom was too. They both played tennis every weekend. The whole family played tennis. Oh, I should have said, I, I left tennis out of this whole story because it was just a thing it, you guys did. It, it, well, I didn't consider it a sport almost. Wow. It's like all these other things are with my friends. It's at the school. Yeah. We're hanging out. Whereas tennis was something I was made. 
it's even weird. I skipped it. It's not even in that part of my brain. That's how <laughs> weird it is. But it was, it was, it's in the same part of my brain of taking guitar lessons, which I also hated at the time because it was forced upon me. Yeah. Yeah. Those two things. I'd take guitar uh, once a week. I had to take tennis once a week. So you and, took tennis lessons once a week? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Did you look up to, you didn't look up to like Bjorg or, uh, or, uh, McEnroe? <laughs> you guys didn't watch tennis? Oh yeah. Oh, the family watched it. I watched it. I loved McEnroe. I loved did, why, Connors. Did you play tennis in high school? No. Um, cause <sighs> why was the cause? Cause I hated it at that point. <laughs> I play, oh, you mean for the team? Yeah. Yeah. For school. No, I was playing the, I played my entire life up till college. Cause I was made to. Wow. Wow. It Just, was the family. So it wasn't thing a, to do. yeah, it doesn't sound like a sport to you. It was like the family. It was like Sunday dinner. Never. I would never like find work. a friend and go, let's go play tennis. Never. Do you like playing it now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but let me tell you about the family just for a second. So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. we would play and, and I'd also, and I was also around, I was at this country club with all the rich kids. And I say rich kids because I mean, we're it's upper a middle club. class, yeah, yeah, but yeah. we weren't rich. And some of these kids would come and break their fucking racket out of anger like every week. Oh, God. Oh and if God. I had done that, my dad would have fucking killed me. I never <laughs> did that once. Yeah. But these guys, I remember, hey, have you seen? I remember every kind of racket that came out that was kind of new. Because these kids would have it. You see the new uh, large head ceramic? You remember those that came out? He's like, later that day, God damn it, bam, fucking smash it on the Whoa, court. Damn. You never saw that? You never around that? The, no. The obnoxious tennis scene? I mean, not like, yeah. I've never, I took one tennis lesson. Okay. In my life. I think, yeah, maybe I did and it too. Was like at my, it was at my cousin's country club thing. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, this is not. The worst kids played it. And worst. golf. Golf, and uh, we just have temper tantrums, and God. but some of them got to be really good, and I certainly wasn't friends with them, and I, so it brought me no joy, in other words. Yeah. yeah, but I was getting better at it. You can't help it. You're taking fucking lessons every week. Yeah, um, and I'm playing every Sunday with my parents. The funny thing about my family was we became known for how loud we were, <laughs> getting in arguments. <laughs> On the tennis? Oh, yes. Just these really loud arguments. Like McEnroe. That was out. That was in. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I was always better than my brother and a little older. Um, I'll always be older than him until the day he dies. <laughs> he has no choice. Well, I don't know. We, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see. Things have changed. Yeah. And my mom was a little more consistent than my dad. And uh, anytime my mom and I would play my brother and my dad, we would just crush them. And it would always become, and my dad would start yelling at me. (laughs) And if I, like, hit the ball, like, my move at anyone standing at the fucking net is, I'm going to fucking hit it at you as hard as I can. (laughs) If you're going to be all brave up there at the net. Yeah. Fucking return it. Right. Yeah. And what do you think happens? It hits him in the face. Oh, hits shit. him in the chest. <laughs> you tried to hit your brother. And this is something any tennis player will do. You yeah. make sure that guy can defend his area of the net. You're going to crank it right at him. And I'd get in trouble every fucking Oh, my gosh. Matthew. 
That's what every oh. you wouldn't want to get a court next to the Besser family. <laughs> oh my gosh! Just would, be screaming at would each it other. be pretty competitive? Yeah, <laughs> that Man, is funny. That's crazy. It's and crazy. my mom wasn't being competitive, but my dad was, and he probably he should have been teaching some lessons then, but wasn't. And uh, man, so it was definitely competitive. I can't remember my mom being competitive once, but I know. And I she bet was she never, if she ever screamed, it was because we were screaming. Like, right. be quieter. Right. Trying to break it up. She's embarrassed by <laughs> yeah, everybody definitely. screaming at each other. Yes. That's so funny. Yeah, well, your mom must have known whenever it was you and her that you guys were going to crush them, too. So it was like, yeah. what does she have to be competitive about? Yeah, she's probably losing points on purpose yeah <laughs> do you guys remember not necessarily the news yeah yeah uh, i used to love show. it when they did the puppets and they would do mac and row and stuff like as a kid i thought that was the funniest fucking I thing i fucking love mac and row yeah i think i loved him as a tennis player i love him he's a great announcer he's oh yeah very interesting and fun and funny yeah. um once i was back in chicago days he, uh, there was this can't remember what show it was. There was some Howard Stern kind of wannabe disc jockey that had a show, and they were going to bring McEnroe on, and they wanted to surprise him by having. <laughs> oh, I know what it was. They were going to bring on. Okay, now I know the story. There was a show called Heckler's Heaven, <laughs> and when you did the show, the audience was encouraged to heckle. What? Oh, and they would, this was a show out in Chicago. Okay. Okay. Like a live show. A live show. Uh-huh. And, the, and the show is given three rubber chickens. Okay. <laughs> and at some point during the show, if you had the rubber chicken, you could throw it on stage. No. And that was like a gong. That meant the, the comedian had to get off. Okay. So I used to do that show and I did well at that show because... It just became you just insulting the crowd. All so right. as, soon as, as soon as they start heckling, you just go back at them strong. And the audience loved that. So the three best Heckler's Heaven guys got invited to do a show with McEnroe was going to come on and heckle us. Holy shit. <laughs> so, McEn- so we did this. And McEnroe came on and he started heckling me. And I started talking about Tatum O'Neill, who he's had lots of marital problems yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was done immediately. <laughs> he was like in the other booth like, no, I'm not doing this. He was pissed at the producer. Oh, shit. I don't have a clear memory of how it ended, but I remember everybody being mad at me and me going, what? <laughs> Fair game, man. I yeah. got a heckle. I came back. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my one experience. Oh, wow. man. Fucking that. You went nuclear on him. Yeah, yeah. You went right for the jugular, man. <laughs> Talked about Tatum doing heroin or something. Holy shit. <laughs> Jesus. That's funny. Oh, man. I love that everybody blames you for just doing the game. (laughs) Hey, gang, it's huge of the dumbbells here. Listen, I understand that you might not want to drop hundreds of dollars when you're buying a pair of wireless earbuds, but you don't have to drop that much money. In fact, you can maybe split that cost in half of what you usually think you would be paying for some awesome wireless earbuds with Raycon. Guys, it's 2019. We're almost in 2020. And if you don't have a pair by now, what are you doing? Raycon makes dope 
ass earbuds that started about half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market right now. And they have amazing sound and they're like better than some of the top audio brands that you know of. And the latest model, which are the E25s, which I have, which are dope, have six hours of playtime, 24 hours of battery life. And seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and more of a compact design that gives you nice, and I'm talking about noiseless, isolating fit. Yeah, Raycon is dope when it comes to wireless earbuds, and they're so comfortable. And you can, you know, get these little um, earbuds in the inside that make it uh, good for your ears. If you have tiny ears, big ears, big holes, tiny holes, you know what I'm talking about. Anyways... I love mine. I've been rocking mine at the gym already. They feel great. They sound awesome. And they last such a long time. What I forget to do sometimes is recharge my headphones. And they last six whole hours. And I don't need to worry about recharging them. Then there's no dangling wires or those stems that look weird or that are too long or look like you have toothpicks coming out of your ears. None of that. Raycon. Makes it happen. You know Snoop Dogg, Cardi B, all of these two. And Ray J is the freaking co-founder of the program. And by the program, I mean the product and I mean the company. And I'm talking about all about it. So that's what the hype is about. You get up on the hype and you can act now and get 15% off your order by going to buyraycon.com slash dumbbells and get 15% off. That's buyraycon.com slash dumbbells for 15% off your Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash dumbbells for that special deal now. So you don't play any sports in college and then you move to Chicago. So check this out. So when I'm going to, to college. I feel like I heard this somewhere maybe. Yeah, I've probably told this story before. Wait, but, but I want to hear what I, I can't remember. But I thought I was good because I was on my high school team was one that was the best in the city, arguably, or one or two. And I got into state. Yep. I'm like, I'm pretty fucking good. Sure. I'm going to play college soccer, motherfucker. Right. Yeah. So, and this is back in the 80. So when you, so I went, I graduated uh, in 85 from high school. So I'm touring colleges in 85. This is way before the internet, folks. So you don't have your YouTube video to show the, the coaches how good you are. No highlight reel. No, it's all just there is, all, stats. What is and, there? Yeah. Yeah. It's a piece of paper, <laughs> right. right? For everybody. Think yeah. about it. For yeah. football players, too. It must have just been all anecdotal. Yeah, scouts that came and watched them. Yeah, you're right. For that, they had scouts. But, but otherwise, for soccer, ain't no... Scouts from Northeast colleges coming down to Arkansas? No way. <laughs> no way. So we knew my mom wanted me to go to a like a school in the Northeast, probably. There's definitely not in Arkansas. So we start touring all these, and she wanted me to go to a good school. So I'm going to like Connecticut College, Brown University, Princeton. The school I ended up going to Amherst. Uh, where else did I go? Long story short, we went to all these schools. I talked to the head soccer coach at every school, and they were recruiting me oh, great. like I was good. It was <laughs> hilarious. 
I got a tour of the soccer facilities. Oh, man. And I'm sitting there looking at the soccer facilities like, hmm, this Princeton isn't as good as the Brown soccer facilities. And then, so I finally get into uh, Amherst, and I toured the Amherst. So I talked to the head coach, Peter Gooden, and uh, I was put on a floor with uh, they just freshman floor. They had a lot of athletes in my dorm, and I and on my floor was like all the basketball players and all the soccer players and a few <laughs> nerds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm one of the soccer players. And the first day of school, someone goes, let's go down to the fields and play some soccer. I'm like, yeah. So we all start running down the field, a bunch of us. And I'm like, why are all these football players running down to the field (laughs) to play soccer? Like all these huge muscular guys. I'm like, these these guys look like, where are the soccer players? I'm I'm running down to the field with the football team. Where are the soccer players? Oh, Oh, my God. So I get down there, and I'm like, these are the soccer Soccer. players. These are real muscular athletes who know how to play (laughs) soccer and are really good, and they're checking. I'd never... We never checked when I played high school soccer. I don't know how we fucking missed out on that. But there was no fucking body checking and shit like that. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, this is a physical, aggressive game that I'm not used to. (laughs) And a lot more muscular than I'm used to. I'm not as athletic as these guys. I can kick the ball as far. But otherwise, there's a lot more muscles going into this than I have. Wow. So then, uh, and that was a wake up on day one. Wow. And of course I'm being recruited to play on that fucking team. Yeah. They have spot for you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so I ended up playing JV soccer. I still went out, uh, and I played JV and I played a little, but I still, even on JV, I was still getting on the bench half the time. And I was like, fuck this. So I just started smoking pot and started uh, intramural soccer where I was really good again. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, man. So that was the end of wow. my uh, But the fact that career. you had to do that in college with these, like, there's but a machine. I, I fooled myself that, that I was, I didn't think, I thought it was like in Arkansas. It's like real, like I was telling you guys, real athletes. Yeah. The bigger guys would play football. football. There's yeah. just no doubt. But in the Northeast, it wasn't that it was more. It was more popular and a lot earlier popular. So then, were they also just They're, looking at your sheet and going like, "Well, this guy has the numbers." Yeah, I guess I was on champion teams or whatever. Yeah. There's some empirical teams. empirical evidence. That I don't would... like like on a soccer like for a fullback. What are the numbers? Yeah, you're right. I don't even know. I don't know if our forward. You say stat sheet. I don't remember our forwards. I don't remember there being numbers. I guess they do that now. Of course. Yeah, and maybe that's of course they do. But I don't remember. Right. What about you? Do you guys remember that? Well, you guys played football. They definitely did that for football. Did it for football, but I played soccer too. I played soccer, I, yeah. I don't remember it for soccer. Yeah, I don't remember, neither. like, just I don't remember how many like, goals. at the end of the year going, my stats are yeah, yeah. 17 assists Especially, and 8 goals. Yeah. Right. Especially playing defense. Because yeah, I played good. sweeper also, yeah. Defense wouldn't have any. Yeah, the, the only thing I really remember were goals, but I don't even remember a tally at the end of the season. Me neither. Yeah. And maybe saves in a game by the, the goalkeep, but that's... But, oh, but, people are keeping their own stats, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Wow. Things changed so a then lot. What, so how was the, like... So after that first 
kind of let's all hang out and play soccer. Did you guys have like a formal practice where the coach watched everybody play? And how did that feel? I don't remember it, but yeah, at one point we were split into JV and varsity. Like I I did go for it. Yeah. And to be fair, the guys I was playing with that day were the better players. So even though I'd scared myself, I wasn't completely out of my league. Sure. Yeah. For instance, tennis. Like, so you guys don't play tennis, Uh but, but like. I like it and I watch it. You have to play with someone on your level. Like you there's no fun in playing someone a little bit worse or even a little bit better. You got to find someone because the guy a little bit better will just ace you every time. Right. You want a volley going. You want some yeah, back and, you're and like, forth. Whatever. Yeah. You just want to be able to hang. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you also don't want to be able to crush someone because that's no fun either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't get any court. Like there's just no court time, you know, running around. Yeah. So it's like. I, f- I felt like I could still hang. I didn't feel like I was totally outclassed the way I was in basketball or right. whatever. But like I couldn't, I, I couldn't have played uh, for the Amherst tennis team. I would have been outclassed immediately. That really, would not have been fun. Yeah. Did you yes. ever play uh, tennis competitively other than family things? Nothing's more competitive than a better Sunday. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. That's probably what scarred me. Um, just at like summer things, like yeah. A bunch of families are going to do a round rob. I, I think I've done a few round robins. Got it. But no, like full like you competing against another. No, I like, never. I never. I was never deluded enough to think that I was that good that I'd pursue that. I deluded myself, and that's that's the story I'm telling you here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I deluded myself as a child to think I could play football and basketball. Yeah. And I woke up to reality. Sure. Then I thought, then I was convinced I was as good as anyone in the nation as, at my age at soccer. soccer. And then, yeah. I, then I found out I deluded myself <laughs> at Arkansas soccer. So now you're in college and you're kind of off on your own. Do you, do you find a gym? Do you let, do you like, work out there or do you you talked about your mom having some some healthy instincts with food does that find its way into college or are you just having fun and eating whatever you want and yeah going back to mom like i never had we never had fruit loops or captain crunch and it was she was very much into the you've already had one dessert today and even even then i remember like like now we considered orange juice is considered like a treat like when I was growing up, it was considered something healthy. Yeah. Same with me. That was part and of breakfast. Hel- and yeah. hilariously now it's considered like. It's pure sugar. Yeah. Yeah. It's considered a treat. It, it, I don't know at what point, <laughs> but that's an example of my mom thought she was doing the right thing. Yeah. And we would drink orange juice. She was yes. conscious of the healthy choices. And then I think it became apple juice at some point. Yeah. Like she woke up to that or I just remember apple juice becoming and celery. And I always feel like these were all national trends too. I don't feel like it was just my mom. It was like blue yeah. cheese and celery became a thing. Right. American, <laughs> American Diet point. Association says this. Yeah. So we're all going to do Right. And she would do it. And you guys were asking about their fitness. Like, Remember the seventies? There was this whole running craze. Feet don't fail me now. Have you guys ever heard that? Yeah. Feet don't fail me now was a whole T-shirt and uh, ah. and, and jogging shoes, and that's when the Nike running shoe and the New Balance running shoe became such a thing. Like there weren't really running shoes, and I remember people bringing New Balances to school and going, 
taking it off their foot and going, feel how light this is. <laughs> like, I remember that being a thing. Yeah. I remember Reebok coming out, but like, yeah, like uh, there wasn't such thing as running shoe and all of a sudden there was, and all the adults were into buying the latest Nike running shoe. And going and for runs around the jogs yeah. around yeah. the neighborhood. And then it was a couple of years after that, people started talking about knee problems. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Shit. So then, so, so you're focused on your eating healthy when you're in college because of that? Or no, not really? No. I, I think eating whatever. college is probably the opposite. It was yeah. freedom from mommy. Smoking weed. Smoking weed. Not I don't think I ever went through the cafeteria line worried about it. But we also have to keep in mind, I had a very high metabolism. You were, so uh, you were always staying lean and... I was thin... Yeah, I, I was the thinnest guy around until my thirties. Like yeah. always. Just that was never so when you're that, you're just never thinking that way. You're yeah. never thinking that as a problem or something you're focused on. Because your metabolism is you, going crazy and you're Did you have an appetite? I mean, did you like to eat a lot or were you not super into food? I've never been I'm definitely not a guy that sits around and talks about food. That almost disgusts me. Like, I'd rather eat it than talk about it. And people who will just sit there and talk about it, it's like, ugh, you make me want to fucking throw up. <laughs> so, um, and I remember I never got high till college. And when people are first saying get high and get the munchies and shit, like I had a roommate who's still my friend who wasn't fat at all, but we'd called lumpy just cause anytime we get high, he would just eat a whole fucking cheese pizza to himself and get mad at anybody. If you might take a bite off of it. Fucking lumpy. So I never, I wasn't the guy who would go that far. And but when you, would you, when you smoked, did you eat a lot though or no? I had the munchies, but I'm saying I wouldn't go as crazy as oh, some like people. A, yeah. He's not no fucking lumpy. Yeah, Come he's on, no man. fucking lumpy. I didn't become a lumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that was never a thing, really. So then food has always just kind of been something that you know you need, but you're not like... Well, to a point. Oh, okay. So should we talk about that now? Yeah. So the first time I realized I was gaining... I didn't even get on the scale for years. Okay. It just wasn't... Because you were always thin in yeah, the skinny sky. Thin. Yeah. And you, you just look in the mirror every day, <laughs> and you don't notice anything happening. It's yeah. crazy. And I think I was getting measured for walk hard. <laughs> this is awesome. And I think it's 2004. <laughs> um, and I'm in the costume section or uh, with the costume lady. And she's doing like, like I'll do a sitcom. You're pretty much giving them your sizes. They're not ever really measuring you. Right. Yeah. And and at worst, you get past going, oh, you're... Your 34s are fucked up here. Yeah. 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 Where'd you buy these? Where'd you get them? <laughs> you better send these back. Yeah. Zara or something? Yeah. So she did. I just remember her just doing full, because she was putting me in a ton of different costumes. So she did full just head to feet measurements. Yeah. And, probably had to make some stuff for you guys. Oh, yeah. For that yeah, one. yeah. And I was like, I think I was like literally telling her fucking measuring thing was wrong. I was like, <laughs> There is no way my stomach isn't... I think I thought I was a 32 at that point, but I was a 34. And two inches had just snuck up on me from nowhere. And and I did, like I said, I didn't really ever get on a scale back then, except for probably when I went to the doctors. When I was in Chicago, when I was still super skinny, 
I remember being 167 pounds. Okay. And that's when I was just like very gaunt. And you remember that because you went to a doctor's office and you were like, oh, there's my weight. I can't even remember. But, but you just, just know a that weight number. that stuck with me. Yeah. And this is when I would eat rice and beans every night. <laughs> like that's all I had. Like I ate nothing. Like I'm talking my early twenties in Chicago. Just yeah. surviving. Yeah, just surviving. Surviving. Right. Yeah. So not only do I have a high metabolism, I have Minimal I'm not calories. eating anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely not talking about it. So, uh, <laughs> so I have a memory of being 167 then. Okay. So that's when I'm comparing everything. You're to. comparing your, yeah. So 2004, walk hard, I'm at 195. Okay. 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 So that's, and you feel like nothing has happened. I feel like nothing's happened. Or you I haven't noticed it. You haven't noticed, really haven't noticed pounds, it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and if you'd asked me, I would have said, if you'd say, how much do you think you weigh right now? I'd have gone, ah, 175, 180. Yeah. And I was about 195. I've never been past 200 that I'm aware of. Okay. And I think that was my worst. And that was my wake-up call. And I was like, really? That I remember being in a van with David Cross on a year one and him having a similar body type to me and high metabolism and him having the conversation. And I almost felt like in retrospect, was he trying, was he having an intervention with me about, about uh, <laughs> cholesterol? Cause he was talking about himself, but it was like later I was like, was he giving me a message? Oh my gosh. Like, uh, you know, skinny guys, when we get our pot belly for the first time and you don't notice it, like it doesn't look good. The pot belly on a skinny guy looks very odd. And I think he had it and I had it and he was giving me his epiphany about, realizing I don't have high metabolism. I need to, sh- I don't have any more. I bragged about it for oh, years. Man. I don't have it anymore. And cause I think he was eating a salad <laughs> and I was eating probably a fucking pulled pork or something. <laughs> <laughs> Going, yeah, I guess you don't have a high metabolism anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and then thinking later, Oh, he was, Wait, was he telling me I don't have a high metabolism anymore? So that's when I got a cholesterol check sometime around there and realized, found out I had terrible cholesterol. Oh, so you were high. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's also, I genetic? found out since it's genetic too. Okay. And it's something like, on some level, I can't correct no matter what I do. Mm-hmm. But since, and we were also living uh, at my old house. If you remember Eugene, it was next to that park. And there was, there's literally... 10 to 20 food trucks at that park every day. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. It's and a fucking siren song. For- oh, just anything, any, every <laughs> and it was, walking distance. And so it just, was when food trucks were the craze. Yeah. And that was the biggest park where you'd go. Yeah. It was, it was every food truck in town would make a stop there at some point. That's so, rough. And it's, none of it's good. It's all, or healthy rather. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good, but it was that. Yeah, but yeah. it was that's, everything. That's rough because it takes a little bit to drive and park somewhere and do that whole deal. But mm-hmm. if it's just right out in front of your house. Every day, that was my lunch, dude. Yeah. Every yeah. day, I'd walk to a food truck. Holy it was shit. Easy walk from my house, and it yeah. was killing me, and I had no idea. Oh, a fucking grilled cheese truck is here? Oh, shit. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> so at some point, I went oatmeal every day in the morning, red yeast, rice. I don't know if you guys know about that. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's another. You should look it up and make your own decisions, but it's something my doctor recommended. For cholesterol? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I didn't go off the meat, but I'm now every time I eat meat, I know I'm eating meat. You know, okay, I, you're I mean, mindful it's, it's like, of it. It's like a special occasion, and sometimes mm-hmm. I'll do it where I'm having a few too many special occasions, maybe in a week, <laughs> but at least I'm aware of it <laughs> and going to try to make up yeah. for it later. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm going to eat a bean burrito yeah. tomorrow if I if I eat this steak tonight. Right, kind of thing. got it. But you're not vegetarian. You're just mindful. No, of, yeah. no. You're watching the saturated fat and cholesterol. I know I from. should be. I know we all should be. I just fucking love meat. I don't so know if I'm, I don't think I should be. I'm not. I'm never going to get it. Well, uh, ethically, I get it. Sure. And environmentally, mm-hmm. I get it. Sure. But, uh, but as far as health wise, I, it doesn't make sense for me. But I do like the tr- where you take a day off from it sure. once a week. Mm-hmm. And then I try to limit my consumption. And I think if everybody did that, we'd be fine. Oh, day off. I take many days off. Like I, I, I do bacon once a year. I used to love bacon. <laughs> now are I'll you- still eat barbecue. I know you live near uh, Andres. I, that's one of the few okay barbecue places around. Oh, I haven't even been there. It's good. Uh, haven't you been there? No, I haven't. I cook all the time. Like You've we seen knew. it, right? It's no, on I, Moore Park. It's on Moore Park, huh? Uncle Andres. There's not many good barbecue places. No, I haven't heard heard of one that's great. That's good to know. Yeah, Yeah, I'll try it for sure. Are you so now? Are you you're monitoring your cholesterol regularly? Do you Mm -hmm. take anything for it, or you've been able to control with diet? Um, Well, like I said, I take this red yeast uh, rice, Uh, uh, but uh, you're supposed to not. I don't like to be a medical expert when I'm not, but my doctor says that once you go on those. Cholesterol medicines, you Lipitor can't or whatever. Oh, oh, interesting. Wow. And that they start to affect, you know, your liver and your kidneys dealing with that. Mm. So you, he, it is the type of thing I should go on, and my dad did. So since it is genetic, and it doesn't matter even if I stopped eating meat, it'd probably still be high cholesterol. So uh, it should be something I go on, but he's he's trying to make me go on it, not so soon. Yeah, the later. Later as, late, as late as possible. Late as possible. I've, I, and we have the disclaimer at the top about not being doctors. It's all kind of bro science on here. But I've even heard a lot of uh, neurologists say that being slightly on the higher end is more brain healthy, too. So there was like this fear of like having high cholesterol for so long. But they're saying that like having being a little bit on the higher side could be healthier for. Oh, my God. And not, you're not talking about good cholesterol. You're talking about bad cholesterol. Just cholesterol in general. Mm-hmm. Well, there's good and bad. You there's know good that. and bad. Yeah, LDL, HDL. Yeah, but this is just like your numbers overall. Like there was this obsession with lowering. That's that. why I'm so smart. <laughs> yeah, that's I it. Wondered. That's why people keep calling me founder. <laughs> <laughs> people keep that's doing it. Fucking intro following Man, you forever. It's that you H- are smart as shit. I know my brain's really huge. Yeah, <laughs> look at my LDL, Man. Man. This so guy's real God. smart. He I must have found so something. It's because I'm food trucks. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so it's like those ratios, those numbers, you know, there, there is a, like a group that thinks that those numbers need to be adjusted a little bit, but mm. you know, and this like fear of like lowering that, obviously if you're in dangerous levels, then, you know, you know, take necessary measures and certainly don't go based on my, well, I went babbling. and had my, uh, heart, they gave me the full exam heart and all that yeah. because it was so high. And apparently it looked really good. That's good. It's a good sign. And my doctor said, uh, and he has a little bit of a dialect, which I want to, but he said, uh, uh, I guarantee you five more years. And I said, 
<laughs> like, you're going to have a heart attack for five more years. Wow. And I said uh, to Danielle, I was like, good news. My doctor guaranteed me five more years. She's like, that's good news? Oh, my God. Guarantee. 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 Oh Scott fucking guaranteed it. Uh, there's also something, too, with uh, the, the density of your cholesterol, too. Small density particles, that's like a whole nother thing, too, that they look at. Oh, now. I haven't heard of that. Yeah, that's, that'd be worth looking up, too, because if you have, there's like a bigger float, there's bigger, like more floaty, uh, healthy cholesterol particles, and then there's small, uh, more dense particles that are the bad kind. <laughs> and those transcend HDL and LDL. I don't know. It's worth, wow. it's worth looking into. Eh, I don't know if it's worth looking into. <laughs> I'm it's praying ex- that's what I have there. Yeah. Yeah. You want the big floaties. You're the smart big floaties. Big Just floaties. think about it. You got the big floaties. Wait. So then what did you do? What have you done since that wake up call other than the focused on the cholesterol stuff to now? Did you go red yeast rice? Right. Guaranteed five. Guaranteed five. Right. But was that also from, did you start exercising? Did you start playing more tennis? Did you start doing, going to a gym or anything like this? Feet don't fail me now. Uh I think organically, I've always tried to play. When did I start getting back into tennis again? It might've been in New York or something. I'm trying to remember who first asked me. I played Richter out there. I played Brian Stack out there. It's really expensive to play fucking tennis in New York City, let me tell you. Well, above the UCB, there was that tennis court, Yeah, right? I never played there. But those are the type of places you have to rent, yeah. and they're fucking, like, expensive. too expensive. Yeah. So it's not it's not something you can get in on a rhythm unless you got a lot of money. Yeah. You remember that commercial where Agassi and who, who are they playing on the street? Or they're playing in New York, like on the... Oh, yeah, for... Um for Nike or something. Yeah. That's a great commercial. They just start playing in the middle of like Pete Sampras. I think it's Sampras and Agassi. Yeah. In the middle of like times and like hitting it over cars and people and stuff. So much fun. Yeah. It's great to be able to do that. So then it was harder to play (laughs) then. And then, but then I got to LA and it's a lot easier. There's, there's uh, you got a free court. Yeah. Stone throw from here. Uh huh. Beeman park. Um, so, uh, and I played a place that's not free, but affordable. Yeah. And, like I said, you have to find someone that really matches your skill. And I, wants to play on a regular basis, Yeah, I and I, I found that person. Um, this guy, BJ, we played uh, every week. BJ Armstrong? Yeah. Butter Jam? <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> That's my tennis buddy now. Yeah. Oh, shit. We need a little more Baby Jesus today, right? <laughs> Are you going to be Butter Jam or Baby Jesus when we play tennis today? <laughs> I bet I could beat BJ Armstrong too. <laughs> <laughs> Those muscle guys, they hit the ball too hard. See, not competitive at all. <laughs> <laughs> no idea where it's coming yeah. from. No idea. It's so weird. It's so weird. Uh, where did this happen? Hey, everybody. You know, for me and from this podcast, that we talk about protein and how important protein is to your diet, especially if you're active. But like shopping around for protein powders, you know, could really suck. You know, going to the 
the vitamin type store or going to, you know, one that has just all of the protein stuff, it, it can be overwhelming. And you've got to look through all of the ingredients and you're not sure what's good for you, what you want to do. You don't want to lug a big tub back to your house, any of that stuff. You have to commit to one flavor. These things kind of suck. And sometimes you guys reach out to us and ask us what the best protein powder is for you. Now, I can't personally make a custom blend for you, but I do get personalized protein powder for myself that comes straight to my door from Gainful. Guys, Gainful is changing the game. So go to Gainful.com slash dumbbells and you'll see that there's this five-minute quiz and you find out what protein powder blend is best for you. That's it. The five-minute quiz helps them find out what you want as far as body type, fitness goals, dietary restrictions, and it will customize a personal protein just for you. I have my personal protein. It's focused mainly on keeping things pretty low carb and uh, uh, make sure that I get enough of the protein blend, but not too much of the extra stuff. No extra sugars, none of that kind of stuff. And I get my protein powder sent to my house. It's got my name on it. And what's great is the protein powder itself is unflavored. Why is that important? Because, you know, if you commit to a tub of protein, you're stuck with the flavor of some kind of like extreme chocolate bonanza or something like that. I don't want that for as long as I'm taking my protein and for the whole month or whatever. So this unflavored protein plus Flavor Packs lets me try a bunch of different flavors and maybe even mix a little bit of this, a little of that, or put a little bit less in or a little bit more of this, you know, because I like peanut butter sometimes. Sometimes I like cafe mocha. Sometimes I might even want a strawberry milkshake. And if I can get all of those flavors available to me every single day because I just use a flavor packet, dude, I'm going to take it. Gainful makes that happen. You know, my... Gainful protein um, has exactly what I need, and I love it. You know, and and there are people that I know that are plant based, and they're using um, Gainful also, and they're getting a plant based protein powder as well. You know, if they're trying to avoid avoid void whey, I'm not trying to avoid whey. I can't even say avoid. I use whey in my protein, and I like it. But we talk about these flavor sticks. Me and my protein based buddies and we still love the flavors and what gainful brings to the table okay so just do it yourself you know um you also get a free unlimited one-on-one access to your very own registered dietitian so if you do have actual questions about the proteins and the proteins that you're taking you can ask them it's available to you so this is what you get because you love the dumbbells and because you listen to the dumbbells you get $15 off of your first month of personalized protein powder, but only if you go to gainful.com slash dumbbells. That's G-A-I-N-F-U-L dot com slash dumbbells. Don't wait. Go to gainful.com slash dumbbells today for your special offer. Into it. So is that your main uh, source of like um, of... Uh, we did it for many years. Uh, then I had a kid, and when you when you're in that first year, it's rough. The you don't have the t- rough. You don't have the time. So that disrupted it, and then he had a kid, 
and he's still kind of in that zone. Got so, it. So we both got disrupted in our weekly. And for a while, I was doing running on the treadmill. Because, you know, the doctor says, just keep your cardio up. That's what you need to do. Exercise till, you're, till you sweat. So that, that was my yeah. goal. Uh-huh. And so I was running like three times a week, I'd say, when uh-huh. I was in my good rhythm. And I said that was going for a few years. So I had a good rhythm of playing once a week and on the treadmill. A couple of days a week. Yeah, if not every day. It would either be like two days or five days, you know, yeah. depending on what the week was. But yeah, I was in a good rhythm for a while. Did you enjoy that? Um, like the way it made you feel, maybe didn't love having to go run. Or is it the same thing as like talking about food? It's just like, just do it. It's just kind of part of your life. I got to say, I've never been the guy that says I feel better now that I'm working out. <laughs> like I have fun. Sure. I have fun playing tennis. Yeah. I, sometimes it would decimate the rest of my day. In fact, be too especially tired. after playing tennis, like I'd be like, holy shit. Spent. I am on a hot day. Yeah. It'll zap zap you. Yeah. Um, But even the treadmill, that doesn't zap you, but I don't necessarily go. I can't say that I feel such a difference, but I like being healthy. I don't like being, I don't like thinking that I'm not taking care of myself. So you feel it more mentally. Mentally, you like what it's doing for you. I guess that's the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Are you, um, have you weighed yourself? Like, where are you now? Do you feel like you're at a good place? I mean, you're not right, 167. Right. Well, the, the, the story kind of <laughs> changed okay. recently. It's so funny because this last year, 2019, how many people have complimented me on my weight as if I've been working out? Because I, so the theater, going back to me, be a founder. Uh, never said it. I never said that. The, the theater kind of dropped, the bottom dropped out on us last November. As you guys are aware, we had money problems and it came completely out of left field, meaning really snuck up on us, had no idea. There's some writer that made his whole career on it, I think. <laughs> and, uh, this fucking guy. and I, you know, it was awful. We had to lay people off. I'd never laid people off before. It's really sucks having to do that. Um, that was probably the worst part. Uh, but just having to go from being a comedian to being a founder. Because yeah. that, that is what I've been this year. Maybe that's why it rubs me wrong is because it's more this year than many recent years. I've been a founder every fucking day. Yeah, right. And I was made and we were blamed for it. And I didn't feel it was our fault. So I had a lot of anxiety about it. And I'm being forced in a position of making decisions and this has happened to me before when my dad died, when my mom died, like you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Grief is thrust upon you, responsibility. Yeah, especially um, invading this kind of creative part of your life too, where it's just like, look, I do comedy and create and, 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 and kind of have to and marry things those you together. expect in your life too, like you have to expect you're going to face death and sickness. Like no one's going to get past that. So when that happens, you can't go, why did my mom get sick? It's like, well, everybody's mom gets sick. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other things that happen to you. like, that's not fair. I didn't deserve that. And I didn't count on that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't ask for that. Yeah. So whether it's true or not, those things happen to you, you know? 
And, uh, and like I said, it's not the first time it's happened to me. There's been a few times for my life and I feel like I've lost weight in those times every mm. time. Cause I cannot eat. Uh-huh. Um, so November to December, I wasn't eating anything. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. Oh, shit. And uh, I lost all 30 of those pounds, my friends. Oh, wow. Whoa. And I got down to 165. Wow. So I beat Chicago. I was down to uh, before I started measuring. So your main line in stress and cortisol all the time and just not eating. My stomach just tightens up um, where I can't, where you just, you, you know. Like I said, it's happening with me, my mom, my dad dying, and this. It's like you can't, I could say you, like everybody, maybe everybody isn't like this, but I can't eat. I just feel like you feel the pressure of the world on you, and you feel like, ah, I I couldn't sleep too because I felt like I should be working and figuring this out and figuring out problems. Jesus. And maybe it sucks I'm comparing this to my parents deaths but it's the only other times that uh, have beat this in awfulness but like when when my dad the last year of my dad's life when it was like i just knew it was gonna be any time anytime i get a text or a phone call no matter what it was uh, i thought it was about that yeah that's like some ptsd it's, you know, it's a trigger. Crazy. It was crazy for a year. Like anytime the phone rang, I was like, Ugh, it's gonna either it's gonna uh, be someone telling me my dad's dead or someone telling me to come to Santa Fe because he's about to die. Yeah. Or okay. him telling me he feels like he's gonna it's gonna be some it's that. It's gonna be bad. It's gonna be that. And it was one out of ten times. Yeah. Yeah. Um for that year. Uh but I thought it was every time. So like even now, like you say it is PTSD, like a phone call is no longer good news to me. Yeah. Well, listen, even though you like intellectually understand that it was one out of the 10 times, all 10 of them gave you the same response. It doesn't matter that only one of them had the bad news. You went through all that, you yeah. went through that journey on all, you know, every single one of those texts and phone calls yeah. still took its toll on you. So now it's the same thing this year. It's like anytime I get a phone call or a text, even when things are good, I never expect, oh, this is good news. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're in pilot season, you think, oh, that could be an audition. Or right. maybe I got a call back. Yeah, and I don't know that That number. feeling's completely, uh, has been surpassed by this. Uh, text and phone calls are bad news. Like before this podcast, I was on the <laughs> phone about our theater. And just stuff I have to make decisions about where I'm like, I never thought I would have to be in this head I didn't yeah. sign up for this which is why I have such a knee jerk which is true yeah response to being called founder I'm like I don't want to be called founder yeah I'm a comedian totally yeah. you are <laughs> well you know it's interesting in doing this show we've collected all kinds of different guests different stories and there there's there seems to be two camps um, that respond differently to tremendous stress or grief or like an emotional flood. And I would argue that both are a true physiological response. There's some people that eat under those same parameters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's like some find comfort in food. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's some people that cannot to, to the point to where it can be dangerous. They physically, physiologically, 
physio- physiologically cannot eat. I went to my doctor because the thirty it, pounds because I lost it very quickly too. Sure, and already like, not a not a heavy guy, you know. Yeah. Well, I was probably overweight. I was probably around one eighty five when this all happened. So I didn't go from one ninety five. By the way, it was more like I lost twenty pounds, but still. But still, still lower than but get, when I got into the below 170, I was like, this is freaking me out. Yeah. I'm like, I, there's no way. And I don't look like I did in Chicago. So it's not hanging on me the same way. You yeah. know, it, yeah. it, it, it looks everyone's seeing it too. Everywhere I go, people are like, oh, you lost some weight. And I'm not taking it as a compliment because I know it's not from <laughs> me doing CrossFit with Eugene. It's, it's from stress. stress. So I'm like, ah, uh, thanks. You know, oh, man, <laughs> oh, shit. yeah, jeez, it's totally noticeable. Um, and uh, and they're like, Oh, you look really healthy. And in my head, I'm like, Oh my god, I'm so not oh, healthy man. right ah, now. Fuck. So I went to the doctor and I was like, Is it more? I was like, This happened so quick. Now I'm thinking it's happenstance and was something else, but it wasn't, yeah. And and he was like, Oh, maybe this will be better cholesterol. And we did a check and it wasn't. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> So that proved, oh, even with shit. eating nothing, yeah. I was not getting better cholesterol yeah. points. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's like, at least if I can, you know, yeah. be stressed and not eating, we can get that cholesterol number down. So what are you trying to do now? Are you trying to, like, just make sure that you're remembering to eat and, mm-hmm. like, you know? <laughs> well, things have gotten better as sure. the year has gone on. We have solved a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, and it is funny how, like, my mood... And like the week even, like I can, the time of day, like I know how the flow of news happens too. Like I get something in the morning and then I know it all starts to come in around six. Mm. And sometimes I won't answer a call or look at an email around six until I eat because I don't want to stress out. Oh, that's good. So I'm starting to you at least mentally those- discipline myself yes. in that way. And where normally I would just read an email immediately. I'm like, I'm just, I see who that email is from. I'm not gonna read God. it, and sometimes yeah. I'll wait till the next morning. That's healthy like, too. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna. I know I'm gonna read this email. I'm not gonna be able to sleep, so I'm just gonna wait till tomorrow morning and wake up and save my anger for then. Yeah, yeah. If you can compartmentalize and schedule, you know, I mean, because that's that's the problem when you have this thing that's become your job in a way that it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be your job then 24 hours a day. Yeah. And so if you're if you're always having to read that stuff and interface with it and deal with it mentally and emotionally that you never get a break. That's, that's too much. Yeah. That's for everybody. I mean, we, anyone who's in good, in a situation of like my, my dad example, like where you're in, where you're in a situation where you know, the bad news isn't going to end. Like, like there's no, like, I'm going to work really hard this weekend and it'll be over. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or yeah. I just got to throw a thousand dollars at it and it'll be over. It's like, Nope. Yeah. Yeah. He's eventually going to die this year. You know that's going to happen. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I can't, I, we couldn't solve all the problems of the theater just by saying, okay, things are going to be great now. They still had to be solved. Yeah. You know? um, but, uh, but yeah, like when there'll be good news, when something will happen that, oh, we finally got that rid of that lease. I'm able to eat a steak that night. Like yeah. my stomach will open up. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Wow. It's funny. Yeah. It's profound. I mean that, yeah. And you, like we were talking about for other people, the opposite with like, where they're just putting, eating, on, yeah. putting on stress weight. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder with that, those things is the stress. Cause mine, 
Well, like, like, let's say I was sad about my career and stressed about my career. Mm-hmm. I could see eating. I could see me eating to get rid of that stress, but that's like an ongoing. You see the difference? I, I, yes, I absolutely do. But I do know that there is people that will, you know, be dealing like with somebody that's chronically ill or like mm-hmm. a, in like a caretaker position. Mm-hmm that tend to start coping with calories interesting, and then they, and they put on weight over a long period of time. That's really unhealthy and unnatural that they yeah, wouldn't see do. That. Yeah. It's so maybe I can see that. Yeah. And so then there's also, like you said, there's just that I, I want a happy feeling right away. So I'll, you know, eat some junk or whatever. Um, and there's people that wouldn't be able to understand that what you're going through too, where you physically, you physically cannot eat to the point of where it's dangerous. Who, yeah. who else was that on? I can't Will Choi. Will Choi. Yeah. yeah. Will Choi is another one of those guys who, when he's very, when he is in the most stressed things, he's like, I have some days I don't even, I don't think I ate that day. I can't, I don't remember. I don't remember eating. Yeah. And, um, and to the point to where his weight got down dangerously low, yeah. he had to. Was his stress something that was. A uh, something that had happened to no, him, or I something think it was, that was just ongoing. A, an ongoing thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think and and for that, I don't know what. I mean, I am tr- definitely triggered on the other side, and I am also triggered that way. Like as far as overeating, like eat to deal with things. But that's also how it is for like vices and stuff for me because I'm not really that big of a drinker or anything. But like whenever I go back east and visit my mom and she's going through Alzheimer's now. Like just that whole thing of going like, God damn, this she had no idea what it was what's happening right now. And this is gonna be mm-hmm. and everything that she hated that we would do, like I did, which was like drinking and smoking, is immediately afterwards I'd want a cigarette and oh, wow. drink a bunch. Yeah, what just is because that? I'm like, isn't that weird? Because I'm just like uh, she doesn't she can't even get mad at me anymore. Oh that's weird. I want to do this thing. And it was almost comforting for me to just kind of do this thing that I wasn't allowed to do just so that I could kind of feel a little guilty, which was a thing that she would make me feel. Yeah. So it was like kind of this weird. And we have all these weird pathologies. Weird tough to, yeah. Tough to know what causes what and yeah. why. So getting into healthy vices, you're, you're a weed guy. How, how, does, how does marijuana factor into your life now? Um, we can talk about the special a little bit too. Yeah. I have a special called pot humor. It's going to be out on like, you know, all platforms that are like video on demand, Apple, direct TV, Amazon, you know, those kind of places. Yeah. And it just came out yesterday. So people can get it now. You can find it now wherever you Guys, consume your stuff. I think you'll really like it. Even if you aren't a pot, if you're a pot smoker, you're, you're for sure going to like it. But I talk a lot about my family and, uh, like, I was talking about eating pussy earlier. I have a whole chunk on that, folks. <laughs> oh. And my wife is in the audience, and oh, I'm talking cool. about eating her pussy, and I involve her in the bit, so oh, that's fine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I get, the audience, it's about uh, the big, the overarching theme is weed, so I filmed it at a place called the Northwest Cannabis Club in Portland where people can get high and watch the show, and there aren't many places oh, where you can man. do that. There was this guy right next to my wife who was so, well, everyone was really high, but this guy was so <laughs> high, his eyes were closed. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. 
like when I came up to her, when I'm doing this eating pussy bit, I come up to her. Oh, and, you, and, you, you spot her out in the audience. Yeah, oh, and, the, and the audience doesn't know she's there. And I'm like, I'm like, what's a good, I won't do the whole bit, but I'm talking about when you are trying to tease your wife and, and, you know, titillate her during the day, but it's in front of your kids. So you have to speak in code. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I won't get into the bit, but I'm like, what what code word would you, phrase would you guys use? And everyone's throwing out phrases, you know, uh, I'm going to take her to Taco Bell or whatever. And then I, so then I go, well, what do you think about that? There's my wife. Let's ask her. And the whole audience goes, whoa, because they don't know if she's there until oh, that man. moment. But the point I'm getting to, there's this guy so high next to her. And I was worried because it's my special. I don't want it to seem like someone's sleeping. <laughs> During oh, my special. Yeah. But then as I'm talking to her, I see this guy is rocking back and forth oh. like I'm doing right now. And he was like grooving is what he was so doing. So into it. So into it. It was like when you're grooving on a jam. <laughs> so oh, he, God. Oh, man. I can't wait. A, you, can't, you can't really <laughs> escape marijuana now at all. I mean, it's permeated the culture so much, sure. you know, that it's just like, you know, it's not a, it's a fun topic to talk about because everybody's kind of, you know, reconciling with it now, whether you use it or you don't. I mean, it's, it's out there and we're all, you know, yeah. Every like, state, about every, every state's dealing with it in a different way. It's so crazy. I'm not that big of a weed smoker or pot head at all, but the most, the most that I do has been with Besser. Like, <laughs> it'll be either at like his 420 show, like at UCB, I would, yeah. because it would be the most, I'm like a big, like it has to be a comfortable environment. It'd be like your birthday or something like that. Or like us just hanging out at you the house. You got high on my birthday? Yeah. I appreciate that. I just remember, <laughs> well, and the music was so great. Yeah. I remember too. So I was just like, no, this is the perfect storm of comfortability. I think there's also, you know, the people that you surround yourself with, that it doesn't feel like it's a, like even the four, like the shows at UCB, for some reason, since it's that audience, it feels, uh, it felt a little bit more comfortable where usually in public, I'm like, nah, man. You get a little paranoid. A little yeah. paranoid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get angry parent. I get, Ooh. Uh, I get, Ooh. um, Interesting. it's the same way that if I have too much to drink, I go, you know that I am not at 100. So what are you trying to pull on? Me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's, how like my mind works the whole night. Anytime somebody's talking to me, I'm like, "Oh, you know that I'm kind of fucked up. So what are you trying to? What are you doing right now?" Wow, that's very aggressive. Yeah. Alec, I'm it's partying. Very, it's very aggressive. That's funny. Yeah, I'm not. Have we ever been? Did we do a show together? Did we do a high show? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've done a few. I've done Mastriani's show. Uh, I'm too effing high. Mm-hmm. That one was fun. Yeah, at, at UCB. I, I did not have fun. I did that one too. Oh, you did. I and I got did not. Paranoid. Have, you got I got paranoid. paranoid as soon as I walked out in the audience. I and then there was like so many games involved. I went. You're trying to make me look stupid. <laughs> well, that's kind of true. Yeah, <laughs> that's called comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is great, but I guess I'm just so used to it feeling more. Yeah, I've done Doug show, uh, oh, yeah. getting Doug with high oh, yeah, live. Fr- and I've done a couple of them where there's like eight people on stage. And it's funny. Like I'm too much of a pro to let it affect me too much, but there's always someone who just goes totally turtle. Yeah. <laughs> totally goes into their shell. Yeah. Ain't coming out, man. 
I, I feel like that happens to me sometimes. I like that. I went with some friends to Vegas and like, you can just like go to places and buy the edibles and stuff. And do, oh, they're do, already doing that. I haven't been since it's been legal. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like they have like the big, you Ooh, know, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Like the Apple stores, but for weed basically. <laughs> and we went to like a Penn and Teller show mm-hmm. and I like did like the edible and the guy, who's the guy that talks Penn? The big guy. I think Penn talks. Yeah. He lost his voice. And the other guy fucking tell her his whole gimmick is that he doesn't talk. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like I I did the edible and uh, (laughs) and then like Penn was just like squeal, like he had lost his voice. So he's just kind of squeal talking through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And it was like one of the funnest nights of my life. (laughs) Like and like he would would, his voice would go in and out. And like I was just praying for him to keep losing his voice because I think everybody else was the opposite. But for my experience, like him seeing him struggle was wow. Weed's like acid to you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just made it fun. Deal, yeah, I, I just don't know if I was sober if I would have had the same level of fun at uh-huh. that show. Yeah, uh-huh. I didn't feel I wasn't quite hallucinating, but um, but yeah, it was fun. But what a cool place to do your special in Portland, huh? Oh yeah, that's the spot to do it. And the guy just. And a guy just fucking feeling it. It's awesome. Oh, everyone was so high. And the danger of a high audience is they won't shut the fuck up or something. Yeah. Like I had, I did a demo of the show in Colorado, in Colorado Springs, in this uh, little vape place. And uh, this one woman would not <laughs> stop. Like I, <gasps> she was in her living room in front of the TV oh, no. as far as she was concerned. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. everything I had to say. Well, you know the thing about that And since I open it since I am always talking to my audience, it's hard for me to get mad and going, stop talking. Sure. I know I had you talking two seconds ago, now stop talking. Like uh It's so interactive. Yeah. yeah. But uh she she was the bad case scenario, but in Portland it was good. No no Man. one acted up. Maybe they knew the cameras were Well it's out it's out now. You yeah, can find get it, it on Oh, and the editing's cool too, man. Oh, is it? I do some really trippy editing. Oh, cool. I do. I'm not just bragging here. At one point, I take a bong hit (laughs) on stage, and uh, we did two different shows, right? Okay. You, that's everybody does a special. Always does two shows. You edit them together, right? Uh And uh, so for this, is it the same day? No. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same night. Usually. Yeah. Usually do eight and ten o'clock show. So, uh, and usually the second show is better. That's, you warm up the first one, yeah. you got it all down past the second. That's how mine went. Um, but for this one area, I decided I have, there was a mirror in this, uh, uh, just naturally in this club. So we edited into the mirror, me doing the same bit. There's this one bit I do where I kind of talk really fast too, but I don't do it. I do it almost exactly the same every time, but not exactly the same. So I had both versions going at the same time, one in the mirror and one on stage, if you're following me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not exactly at the Uh, same pace, but almost. And they kind of catch up every once in a while. So I'm saying the same word every once in a while and delivering it the same way. But then I'm improvising every once in a while and adding something, which will get it off rhythm. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah. And you, it's, you run them side by side. I do. That's dope. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I do a lot of shit like that in there. So Fun. I, I want you guys to check it out. Yes. You might say, I, Bill Burr's the only guy I buy stand-up <laughs> specials from. And that would be dumb because they're free on Netflix. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Maddie B on Maddie Amazon. B. 
Not Matty B. Matt Besser. Don't Matt go Bess- looking up Matty yeah, B. Yeah, don't look up Matty B. You got to go to mattbesser.com, though. There you go. And yeah, that's where you can bring find you it. there. And bring social you there. media. Social media, Twitter, Instagram. At Matt Besser. My, my Instagram is so strong, guys. His Instagram is strong. so strong. Get on that IG from yeah, Matt dude, Besser. And get him out there. Go watch this. Watch the mirror bit. I mean, that's... That's I'm glad cool. I told that one. I love. There are it. a lot of things like that. They're hard to explain. So, yeah, um, but you got to see it. And yeah, be I don't part have any it. marijuana exercise. I'm not a microdoser. That uh, I know. There's like, but do you need yoga and shit like now, that? Now, do you smoke before you do your treadmill or anything? No. No. Or play tennis? No way. There's <laughs> no way. No way. I would no way. ever do that. <laughs> that would be stupid. I don't. I don't. Yeah, because there are people that do smoke right before they work out, and I'm like, it that. Well, workout's one thing, because that could almost be like a steroid, I guess. But to play tennis, you have to have yeah. reaction time, reaction time. control, and <laughs> shit. Yeah, <that's>, yeah. <laughs> um, there were guys, and there was this dude in college um, who was like the best lacrosse player and the best uh, water volleyball. Is that what they called it? Uh, water polo? Water, water polo. polo. Um, and water polo, you have to be Fit. Oh yeah, those it's, motherfuckers those guys are consistently fit. fucking treading water yes. above their waist. No, they yes. egg beater their cell, their torsos out of the fucking water. Yeah. So people who know what water polo guys look like, this guy was his name was Fox. He's also good looking. His name was Fox, <laughs> and he was the best at lacrosse. He was like built for Northeast colleges. Yeah. He would party so fucking hard the night before. Uh, it was he would get so fucking that's what made him legend too. Like, check out Fox. Fox. He's tripping on shrooms. <laughs> He's high as shit and doing a kickstand. And the next day, the champion of the cross wow. field. Yeah, dude. Some guys are some just guys like are that. just built like like to be to be um uh what do you call it uh like in the middle of the ring like uh titans yeah gladiators gladiators. Do you think so many people in NBA smoke pot? Do you oh, think yeah. any of them smoke while they're playing? Yeah. Really? There's got to be some. There's got to be some. You know, some people that are just, they do it to get even, you know, like they can just operate better. Wow. I really am curious about that. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of playing in playing. There were guys that were similar, like more like this guy to where they would party all night and then they could still show up and play in like at an elite level. Not even like, oh, a little bit of a drop off, like just fine best games of their lives after being up all night i yeah i don't know it's it's an interesting yeah some people are just like vikings somehow they have like (laughs) fucking crazy (laughs) yeah they they you know in college too they'll they'll have you guys uh they'll even on home games you stay at a hotel just so they can keep tabs on people so because guys will party on game nights you know division division three where i was i get that because they're not going to be anything but Division One, when I hear guys in the SEC are doing that, I can't stand it. I'm like, you guys are elite athletes. Yeah. You're ruining, because they get kicked off the team for doing that shit. Yeah. yeah. They could make it in the NFL. But every year, there's three guys on the team that do that. It's, yeah. It's crazy. This guy I knew, he's an offensive uh, line coach. He was telling me, do you, do you guys remember Chuck Muncie? Another name. Chuck Muncie was a great running back. He he was a Cal running back. He was great in college, and he had a decent pro career, but just a total physical specimen. He was one of those running backs 
that was like an Eric Dickerson type, really tall and lean and, uh, you know, not a squatty guy, like just, just a gazelle. And so he had trained the, this guy, this offensive lineman had trained the entire off season to improve his 40 time. And he's playing for the chargers at the time. And he showed up to camp in incredible shape. He runs his 40, he improves his time and is really proud of himself because he's been working so hard. And then he said, Muncie pulls up in a Mercedes Benz, gets out of the car. looks like he hasn't slept all night. He's smoking a cigarette, throws a cigarette out and, this guy tells it that he doesn't even stretch and runs like a four five forty, just you know, five tenths faster than what this guy ran. He thought, like, what a fuck! This guy has all. Could the he have f- ran faster? Probably. If he wasn't that way. Yeah, that's the big yeah. question. That's the question. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, but that's the thing. Also, when you're thinking about these kids, they're still kids. They're like nineteen and twenty, yeah. so they're gonna fuck. They should. Fuck up. I understand that, and I've thought about that many a time. Yeah, he's only nineteen. I get. I when I was nineteen, I was so immature. But also, I wasn't. What I can't relate to, I wasn't really good at a certain thing. Yeah, where right. Everybody said, "Oh, if you keep doing this thing," and I don't. I, I think. But also the pressure of that could get to somebody where they're going to self-sabotage. Oh, yeah. Well, if you watch that show, Last Chance You. Oh, oh it's yeah. so good. Oh, oh, you do. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. It's like as soon as they see, they're all smoking pot. It's literally called Last Chance You. The cameras are on them. <laughs> they're on the and show. And they're still smoking pot. Yeah. It's like they've given mentally given up at yeah. that point. You just don't you have feel bad for them. I get it. I get it's their background. I mean, sports is so wild too, to where it's so short. Yeah. You have no time. I mean, it's literally like you're done at like most people are done at 24 professional sports. It's no time at all. You have like four years to do whatever you're going to do. Arguably the greatest thing you'll do in your life. Sure. And you have no perspective of that. You know, you think that time's going to go on forever. It's yeah. That maybe that's why we're all drawn to it because it's so ephemeral, you know. Watching yeah, man. these guys, we like a lot of what we're saying c- could be said about comedy too. Sure, it's true. Could be said. You could think be. it's going to go on forever? When the good times are rolling, you're like, I'm going to be in this spot for now on. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh shit, this is a grind all of a yeah. sudden. <laughs> but. MattBesser.com, you can get a special. <laughs> That's not a grind. That's, That's not a right. grind. That shit is dope. That lives forever. It's out now. You can watch it. Go to Matt Besser on all social media. Uh, if you want to find us, we're the Dumbbells at the Dumbbells on all social media. We got to have Besser back. Got to come back. Yeah. Talk, it, talk well, about I'm gonna it. I'm going to say, I'm going to get back into my routine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get back on. I got to find a tennis mate who uh, doesn't have a young kid. Yeah. <laughs> and who's uh, at your level? Yeah, yeah I, I heard Clements on your guy's show He's, when he played me. Did you guys play? Yeah, we played. Is he good? Yeah. Yeah? He is good. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't know. Nothing. I just, just not, yeah, yeah, I want to so know. You sounded competitive. Like, I heard it made that. me want to go like, there was a thing where I thought you were going to tell us what, where the levels were, and then you stopped. I, I honestly can't remember, because it's been like four, four or five years. But he has a young kid now. But Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he could hang, is in other words. Oh, okay. 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 Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, have you else. heard Kirk Fox? Yes. Stand up. I love him. Yeah. He's, 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 he's a pro, tennis pro, right? Yeah. He, yeah. He's, Ooh. Like, he's the type of guy, I, I couldn't play him because he's too good. 
Got it. Okay. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be fun for either one of us. Well, you know, uh, BJ Armstrong, if you're listening, <laughs> Bester does want to play you. And bring that here at LA. Baby uh, Jesus, not bring that the baby Jesus. I'll take baby Jesus or the butter jam. <laughs> um, I awesome. love, there's so few people who would know that. Dude. BJ Armstrong. Fuck. I remember, yeah. When you guys, the last episode, I listened to you guys that you told me to listen to, uh, and you brought up Leap and Lanny Poffo. Yeah. like, you have to be a real, like, to me, that's too old for you, but to me, you have to be a certain age group in a certain area. Oh, man. Leap and Lanny Poffo. Yeah. All right, folks. All right, awesome. Thanks for being on. Yeah, on behalf of myself and Eugene Cordero of the Dumbbells and our wonderful guest today, Matt Besser, we'd like to remind everybody that's out there listening to Train Dirty Clean and Live in Between. (laughs) That was a HeadGum Podcast.